Hello humans, welcome back to the Meditative Aiden podcast where we talk about mindfulness and how it can help you work through the challenges and experiences of everyday life. My name is Aiden and this is episode number 15 where we're talking about yoga and how we can cultivate mindfulness using the practices of yoga. Before we hop into today's episode, I just want to remind you guys that if you like what you hear on Meditative Aiden and you're interested in learning more, you can check out the full blog article on yoga at the Meditative Aiden website on our blog page. You can also find Meditative Aiden on Instagram and Facebook. And don't forget that you can also check out Meditative Aiden on the Meditative Aiden YouTube channel where we have a full video that will be on yoga as well. Other than that, I think you guys will really enjoy today's episode, so without any further ado, let's get to it. So, yoga is a really, really old practice that originated in ancient India somewhere around 5,000 years ago. I mean, this is a really, really old practice that originally was used as a philosophical school in Hinduism to try to understand the nature of the universe and how to obtain liberation from life and death and all these crazy things. The thing is, we're not really going to focus on, you know, so much of the history as we are going to focus on, you know, what it means to cultivate mindfulness using yoga. So, I don't know about you guys, but it kind of seems like yoga is everywhere these days. I mean, Nearly every single rec center and every single gym offers some kind of yoga class, yoga seminar, or instruction, not to mention like the number of yoga studios that have been popping up, especially lately. I mean, I know that they're also including a lot of, you know, yoga training and yoga instructor classes at most colleges and schools as well. And the thing is that, you know, it's just, it's just become massively popular lately, which makes it really easy to learn and practice, you know, especially because, you know, we don't have to travel through the mountains of Asia to find a guru that'll teach us, which is really the way that people learned yoga over the past 5,000 years. And, you know, the thing is, we all know someone that practices. We all know somebody that teaches, whether that's a next-door neighbor, someone in the neighborhood. It's just yoga is everywhere. And I think that yoga has become so popular recently because it really offers an alternative to exercising and, you know, weightlifting in the gym and things like that. Because it's known for helping you develop flexibility and core strength. And, I mean, those are its main tenets, really. Not to mention that there's actually a growing body of research right now that shows that yoga is incredibly helpful for enhancing flexibility, as we just said, on top of building core strength and even, in some studies, relieving pain. And when it comes to, you know, day-to-day -day life and maintaining a healthy physical body, you know, flexibility is really important for preventing injury because you're allowing your joints to stretch in ways that, you know, if you're under some kind of stress, if that joint was under stress and it went under that same pressure, you know, it, it won't actually break or tear any ligaments or anything like that. On top of the fact that, you know, core strength is really important for just day-to-day -day activities and also a lot of physical fitness activities as well, whether that's football soccer, I mean, you name it. But the thing is that yoga actually kind of has a hidden side, which is its involvement in cultivating a sense of mindfulness. And from what I can tell, you know, there's quite a large amount of literature about how yoga can help with physical conditions, but there's also some studies that are ongoing right now, from what I can tell, that are involved in seeing how yoga can help with PTSD and stress, anxiety, depression, and things like that. And that's why we're going to look into yoga today for cultivating mindfulness and how exactly it'll do that. 
And right off the bat, I'll tell you that the answer to that, you know, how yoga can help cultivate mindfulness is through its ability to create certain difficult physical situations that we then have to utilize mindfulness to work through. And I'll give you a personal example to kind of illustrate this to, you know, really demonstrate how it goes about doing that. So when I first tried yoga, it was like the most brutal experience I've ever been through. So I, I went through with my wife, you know, she had talked to me about yoga and how it was similar to meditation. And that idea resonated with me pretty well. So I decided, you know, I'm going to go check out this yoga thing and see how much like meditation it really is. So I walked into the yoga studio a little apprehensive. I wasn't really sure what to expect. I was kind of skeptical. And we went through our warm-ups and everything. And then the class started to get a little more difficult. You know, at the beginning, I was already struggling because I didn't know any of the poses that the teacher was talking about or instructing us to go into. So I would, you know, stand while everyone else was getting into the position and just watch to see what on earth I was supposed to be doing. And then, you know, I would follow suit. So immediately as we started this class, I, I started to feel like an idiot. You know, I started comparing myself to everyone else, you know, right at the start. And that was the first component that really made the class difficult was this social comparison to how I was performing in comparison to everyone else. But that was really only the beginning because this class was focusing on core and shoulder strength. And, you know, it seemed like the whole class was built around how to hold a plank for an hour. And I really don't know if I would say that I had a lot of core strength going into this class. So this was pretty difficult because we were going through a lot of push-ups and a lot of flows that involved really just being on your toes in your hands and holding that plank and then going into another pose and then doing another push-up and things like that. And over time, you know, as we got like 15, 30 minutes into the class, like my arms and shoulders and core started to feel like they were going to explode. You know, like my shoulders felt like they were going to pop out of their sockets. My arms were quivering like jelly poles and my core, I mean, it did not feel strong at all. So I was really struggling in the beginning with all of these different sensations that were going on. And I started to let these experiences get to me. I started to tell myself that, you know, I was weak. And then I made it worse by looking around the classroom to see everyone else performing all of these flows and all of these movements with such seeming ease. You know, it really made me feel like I was the only one that couldn't do this, especially because during all of this and with all of this pain that I was feeling and all these sensations, you know, I would come to my knees pretty frequently to take a breather and let my muscles relax from holding these positions that were so strenuous for so long. And it was during one of these times when I was resting on my knees for a second, you know, with sweat dripping off my head, being all gross and filthy, whatever. You know, I, I looked around the classroom. I really, I mean, I made the mistake, I would say, of looking around the classroom. And, you know, here I am sitting on my knees, feeling all defeated. And I see all of these people, many of which are like 30 to 50 years older than me, who are still holding these poses and going through these things. And I started to get really frustrated with myself because I expected myself to perform much more like these other people. You know, I expected myself to be stronger. And so I would get these feelings of disappointment and rage and frustration. And I would make a little pact with myself that I was going to get up and I wouldn't stop going through these flows and I wouldn't come back to my knees, you know, until the class was done. And the next thing I know, I would be back on my knees and I would be looking around the class again, even more defeated than the last time I came to my knees. 
And this might sound silly, but it got to a point where I was so frustrated and so defeated that I just came to my knees and, like, I, I started to cry a little bit. You know, I was so frustrated and so disappointed that I just couldn't keep up with this expectation I had on myself, and I gave up. You know, needless to say that I did not like this first experience very much, and I didn't really intend on going back to yoga, like, ever again. Because I walked out of that class feeling really poorly about myself. I, I did not like the way that I felt about myself as we were leaving. So I just, I didn't go again for a couple of months. And it was only, you know, a couple months later that my wife was trying to convince me to go back. And she, through no small amount of validation and consolation, encouraged me to, to return and to try it out one more time. And at this point, you know, I was super skeptical. I, I really did not like the experience. And I, to myself, thought, this is nothing like meditation. This is 10 times harder, and I am no good at it. So I don't know what I have to gain from this. So, you know, with uh, the time that had passed, I walked into this class with a pretty defeated attitude as we were starting. You know, I was just really not looking forward to it. And immediately I noticed that something was a little different about this class because the instructor, right from the start you know, it asked us to pay more attention to what we were feeling and what we were thinking throughout the class. And when we would start taking positions and going through flows, she would very deliberately guide us through breathing through our pain and thinking through the sensations that we were feeling and not really getting caught up in them. And of course, the class was still difficult and it, of course, made my body ache. But it was really different because I was paying attention to these experiences in a totally different way. And I remember in particular that the teacher instructed us to not compare ourselves to how everyone else was doing and to not focus on everyone else around us, but to focus on what's going on inside of us and the experiences therein. And this was really interesting to me because yoga in this instance was cultivating a sense of mindfulness just like meditation was. And it seemed to me that the only difference was that it was more focused on our mental relationship with our body in the moment as opposed to just strictly with our thoughts. Moreover, it seemed like yoga was intentionally creating difficult situations that we then had to learn how to be with and work through in a positive and really unbiased way. So when the experience of pain would come up, when, you know, some of my muscles would start aching or a position that I was holding was really strenuous, instead of allowing myself to follow this tract of defeat and to feel this frustration, you know, I mean, that experience would still arise and I would be cognizant of it as it arose, but I would instead take a different route. If instead of going down that route of self-defeating thoughts and behavior, where I would think about, you know, what what is this feeling that I'm having? Where is it coming from? And how can I work with this feeling to work through this pose? Of course, this isn't to say that I like became a yoga guru like overnight, but I actually had a pretty profound epiphany with this in realizing that the purpose of yoga is to help us cultivate a greater sense of mindfulness as these difficult experiences arise. Because similarly, where you sit in meditation and allow yourself to just neutrally observe these thoughts and emotions as they arise, yoga is all about how do you take that sense of mindfulness and apply it to something that's stressful. And it's really, it's kind of like learning the theory of mindfulness while you're practicing meditation and then applying it through the use of yoga. And it's kind of like if you were to learn about mindfulness by reading a book and then going and practicing that 
by going to work and working through experiences as they occur. And I really liked that because it helped me understand how to take the concept of mindfulness out of the chair that I sit in to meditate and move it into the real world to practice it therein. And this, of course, also isn't to say that just sitting in a chair and meditating doesn't cultivate mindfulness that applies in the real world, because it absolutely does. What I'm trying to say is that yoga does it in a slightly different way that involves a little bit more stress and how you cope and handle with that stress in the present moment. Now, I really like to compare and analogize these experiences to the experience of quicksand. Now, I've never experienced quicksand in the real world, thank goodness, but it sounds like a pretty terrifying experience. And from what I understand, what happens when you step in quicksand is you suddenly start sinking into it. For whatever reason, there's some like molecular imbalance that causes it to become really watery, but at the same time concrete-like. So when you get stuck in it, it's really hard to get out. It's like sinking into mud, really, that just fills everywhere and keeps you trapped. So what happens with quicksand is if you're standing in quicksand and you're starting to sink, you immediately want to either run away from it or you might even want to just give up and let the quicksand take you. And what happens is if you try to run away from quicksand, when you pull one foot out of the sand to take a step forward and run away from it, you put all of your pressure onto the other foot, which causes you to sink further into the sand. So the more that you try to fight against this pit of sand, you know, this quicksand, the deeper that you'll end up falling into it and the more quickly it'll suck you down into it. And this same concept applies to difficult experiences and difficult situations that we find ourselves in internally. So what happens is when a difficult experience arises, it's kind of like coming into a little thing of quicksand and you start sinking into it, right? And of course, our natural urge is to, you know, avoid it, you know, try to escape it, to fight it or whatever. And all of these responses will end up pushing us deeper into that mental quicksand. So, you know, when my first experience of yoga went really wrong, I was getting caught in this difficult quicksand of physical pain and self-loathing and things like that. And the more that I tried to fight it as I would get on and off of my knees, you know, I, I would sink further into this experience to the point where, you know, it just broke me and I, I couldn't handle it anymore. And on top of that, during this experience, when I would tell myself self-defeating things like I'm not good enough or otherwise, it was like just that thought would take me further into the quicksand as I gave up a little more and more. Also, you know, it could kind of be compared to just taking more quicksand and dumping it on top of me to make like this situation even more difficult. But what I learned in the second session of yoga that I attended was that when I find myself in that quicksand of mental disparity, the response is to observe it neutrally, to observe the fact that I'm in the quicksand in the first place, to absolutely recognize that this is a threatening situation that can hurt me. But then, instead of frantically trying to escape it or fight it, the response that I learned during this yoga session was to learn how to very calmly and deliberately log roll myself out of that quicksand. And for those of you that don't know, the common practice when you're actually sinking into quicksand in the real world is to calm down and log roll your way out very slowly and deliberately to spread your weight out across the top of the sand so all your pressure isn't pushing down in the same area. 
So yeah, yoga is really good for cultivating a better sense of flexibility and core strength and things like that. But it's also really, really powerful as a tool for cultivating mindfulness in deliberately stressful situations that you can then apply to the real world as those situations occur. And what this does is it builds a kind of mental resilience that allows you to learn how to cope with these situations in a healthy and deliberate manner, as opposed to just frantically trying to escape it or fight it or otherwise. Now, the catch is that taking yoga lessons and stuff like that can be kind of expensive. So when I first started practicing yoga, I was really fortunate because I was able to just go to the rec center with my wife for $5 a session. And that was just the admission fee to get into the rec center. Now, if you have that resource, that's awesome. And if you have the funds to be able to go and take a yoga class at a yoga studio, that's awesome. I totally encourage you to do that. But if you're just interested in trying out yoga and seeing what it's all about, or you just don't have the funds right now to pay for classes or anything like that, I totally recommend you to go to YouTube and just check out some of the yoga flows on there. Because there are a number of yoga instructors that post tons of free videos on there that are super powerful and super awesome. Some, you know, I've tried a few of them out myself, and that's how I started teaching myself yoga after, you know, my wife and I stopped going to yoga at the rec center, and it really worked for me, and it was awesome. So anyway, with all of that in mind, with everything we've talked about in this episode, I hope that you're able to walk away with a little bit of a better understanding about how yoga can help you cultivate a greater sense of mindfulness that can help you work through difficult experiences in everyday life, whether that's, you know, a difficult situation at work, at home, or a difficult experience that you're having inside of you. And, you know, it's made a really profound impact for me because the more practices that I use to cultivate mindfulness and the more variety that I include, the larger my toolbox becomes for handling difficult situations and generally for learning how to practice mindfulness in different ways and the different kind of aspects you can take on and so on. Well, guys, that wraps up today's episode. I hope that you enjoyed it and learned a little bit more about yoga and how yoga can be useful for cultivating mindfulness. I really would appreciate it if you guys liked it, if you would give it a rating, a comment, or whatever it is you do on the platform you're listening to. And also, if you're interested in learning more, you can go and check out the Meditative Aiden blog. And you can also find a lot of content on the Meditative Aiden YouTube channel. And as always, don't forget, you can find Meditative Aiden on Instagram and Facebook, where we just post regular daily advice and guidance for working through the challenges and difficulties of everyday life using mindfulness. Other than that, guys, I really appreciate you tuning in, and I'll see you guys next time.